I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words DraftKings podcast. I'm joined as ever by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Tom, we had uh, a pretty good John Deere Classic. Didn't end the way I wanted it to. I know we both. Were you on Smalley too? Yeah, Smalley, Schenk and Glover for me. Yeah, disappointing Sunday. I mean, we had the right guys in the right places. I thought Straka was looking to give it away, which he was. And then uh, these inexperienced kind of showed its showed its ugly face. I, th- I think the thing is with Smalley though, right? Like he shot four under on the final day. Mm-hmm. And typically in a, in a final group, wouldn't that be enough? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd think so. That's true. Like nine under when if you're in really should have been 11 under from Stracker. Like you can't really account for something like that. So he did blow it in the sense of like when Stracker made his double, he then went on to make bogey himself. Um, I didn't really follow much of it. I was at the other golf, but like it was, yeah, it was, it was tough. Like I think we just had people in the right spots and didn't get the luck that, you know, like I, I had three people within two shots of the league going into the final round. And none of them won. Like it's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. They were great picks. Um, process I think is good, but um, you know, you can't can you can't go out there and hit the putts for the guys. Uh, so, is what it is. I think overall it was a pretty pretty positive week. I was um, again, draftings wise, I'm having a, my best season ever. Um, yep. and I'm I'm just even the weeks when you're not winning, just kind of making the good plays and at least getting your money back to play for the next week. So I was really happy. That's the thing is just when you invest and you're just carrying over, right? Like you can't have winning weeks ever. I think that winning weeks are probably like less than 10%, right? Like it's probably not like like big wins or whatever. Like it's just a case of staying afloat most of the time because it's just it's avoiding those big losses, really. Exactly, exactly. Um, Scottish Open. Obviously, you're not a massive like DP World Tour follower, not a massive European golf follower in general. Does that play into your mind or is it a case of like there's just going to be so many PGA Tour players in this event that you're probably not going to need to go to these guys if you don't want to anyway? Yeah, it's just mostly the latter. I don't know if you can hear a horn beeping my son's <laughs> toy. It has a, it has a mind of its own. It just goes off. It's like a, a honking horn, of it, but then it just stops. It's really weird. Um, but it's probably the latter for me. Like I, I'm not incredibly familiar. I see the stats. Like I asked you earlier about uh, Jordan Smith, whose stats kind of are popping out to me. Yeah. Um, but in general, I don't think it's not like there is anyone over like 7,500 who plays primarily on the DP world tour. So it's just what guys you want to take shots on. Yeah. So we'll get into a couple of those. Obviously I've got certain ones I talk about most weeks. Like the, the real, I guess the one word of warning that I've given on the, both the betting shows so far saying I'll carry on giving in this is, don't just take a shot on these guys because you, you're getting them the reduced salaries on DraftKings and higher betting numbers on, you know, on the board because there's a reason there's such a disparity in the prices this time and there's a reason there's such a disparity in the tour is that PJ Tour players are much better and we see that now that they play these co-sanctioned events, right? Um, so overall, I think this will be won by a regular PJ Tour player. I have taken a couple of shots at some European tour guys or DPR tour guys, which I will get into. Um, but straight away, top of the board, Matt, Scott Sheffield, 11-6, Roy McIlroy, 10-9, Xander, 10-4, Patrick Cantley, 10-2. Where are you going at the top? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, this we typically are looking for people to play in this range or which one is the best option. For me this week, 
it seems like there are multiple good options. Um, I can really see Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I'm not going on a huge limb here, but I can see him playing really well and potentially winning this week. I think his, the course should suit him pretty well. Um, but the price is pretty prohibitive. I mean, 11,600 is, is high. So, uh, I, my initial instinct though, is to play him. Yeah, I, I am going to play him. Yeah. So that, that's how I'm going to do it. I, look, it's a bit of a broken record. I'm not going to play Rory. Um, I think I'm pretty interested in Xander and I can understand the Patrick Cantley thing, but ultimately Scott Sheffield is the only one I feel pretty confident about. Um, and I would probably, if I was going to do that, Pair him with Ricky Fowler at nine five, and then just work away there. Um, you're gonna have to just live in the seven k range, but I think there's things that you can do, giving you almost seven seven two for your next sort of like four or five guys in. Yeah, for me, I mean, Scheffler's definitely number one. Uh, I think, and it, you mentioned Rory too, and he's already said he's 100% focused on winning the Open, like, and. If that's what his focus is, I don't think he's going to come in here and win this event. I think he's trying to look to get acclimated, have a good week, and then go in and try to win the Open. Uh, so with Scotty, I think he's at the point right now where he's won a couple times this year, but I think he still wants to win anything and everything. He's just at that stage of his career, and he and he's missed recently closely. So I do think he wants to come out here and win and then just win again. I think he thinks he can do that. So he's the guy there. And then after that, um, Cantlin would be my second best Um Shoffley, he makes a lot of sense, but I typically don't play him much, and I and he won it last year, and it's just really hard to play well, uh, to play that well twice twice in a row, and at that price, he has to win. So I would rank them Scheffler one, Cantley two. I'll probably play a little bit of each, um, but I'm I'm definitely playing Scheffler. Yep, completely get that. The bigger decisions, I guess, are going to be in the nine K range. It starts with Fitz at nine eight, Hovland nine seven, Hassan nine six. We'll start with those trio of guys. I mean, I recently called Victor Hovland the third best player in the world. He's since called off and finished 19 for the US Open and 29 for the Travelers. But they're now bad results for Victor Hovland. Are we, is there a case that we could get two down on him and feel like he's like bottoming out a bit when really it's it's nothing to be concerned about? Uh, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I'm not concerned about it at all. I do think he, after that, it was a big win that he had and really his by far his, his biggest yeah, yeah. So I think the the come down after that was okay at the Travelers. He still hit it really, really well off the tee. Um, I think this week, I think he's going to win next week at Hoylake. Uh, I think this week for me is him getting back into swing of things, having a good performance, maybe finishing in the top 20 or top 25, and then focusing on the following week. Uh, I'm probably not going to play him this week. Um, I know a lot of people like to say, if you think a guy's going to win at the Open, you need to... Um, you need to protect your bet by betting on the week before or whatever. Yeah. I'm not big into that, and I don't. I prefer him two weeks from now, and I, I'm kind of going to uh, lay off him this week. Yeah, I don't see the point in doubling down on bets. Uh, certainly don't. I, I see it the other way around. That if you're going to bet someone on the Scottish Open and they're double the price for the Open, I would probably do that. But, like, the other way around, I don't necessarily see. Um, Hatton, so basically my decision was between Hatton and Fleetwood. I'd come with Fleetwood. Um, I just believe he's more likely to win this event. I think he's shown that in recent years over the golf course, losing to Aaron Rye in a playoff, finishing fourth last year, despite opening with a 73. He's had three top, is it three, four top fives in his last nine events? Like he's been really good. Um, it just, it just feels like he's actually got the upside to kind of contend. Whereas Hatton's been playing really well. I know he really should have gotten to that playoff at the Canadian open, but, 
Fleetwood did, right? That's the difference. Um, yeah, it's like four top fives in his last nine events. Valspar third, fifth at the Valspar, second at the Canadian Open, fifth at the US Open. Now, the US Open was off the back of a final round 63. And my concern was that he lost quite a lot on approach at the Travellers, but he lost a load on approach at Colonial and then finished second in Canada. And I just think coming back to Lynx golf, he's going to serve him really well. Yeah, I mean, he was coming off a uh, playoff loss and then one of the best iron performance at the op- uh, at the U.S. Open. So I don't really care that he didn't play well at the Travelers. I'm completely fine with that. Uh, I, I love both of them. Um, I, I think, you know, I said this earlier on a different show, but I would be shocked if one of the two wasn't involved on Sunday, late on Sunday. One of the two was going to be there. So I think a big part of it is going to be, you know, which one is it? Um and it could be both, but it'll definitely be one of the two, I believe. Um, I'm leaning Hatton slightly at this point, just because I think a little bit of the higher win equity. Yeah. Um, so I think recent history suggests that should be the case, but it just, it just fit like, I know people have said this for years, but it does feel like Fleetwood is due now. Like he's over, over two expected wins now, just on the PGA Tour. And Hatton hasn't really convinced me at this golf course yet. Like, 14th, 18th, and 24th is really solid. And he's had a Saturday 64, um, a Sunday 65, and an opening 68 last year. But it just seems like, whereas like Dunhill links, he's second, second, first, first, third, whatever. He hasn't really brought that to the table here. So I just wonder if the fact that he's not a completely true links test is maybe that's holding him back a little bit. Whereas Fleetwood's got second, 26th, and fourth. Yeah. I mean, do, do you consider this a, a true links test or somewhere in the middle? Um, it's like a modern links, so I think it's only like five or six holes are actually by the sea, so it's hard to consider it like a real true links. But it's got all the categories of, of uh, all the characteristics of a links test, and the wind will certainly be a factor on Sunday if it comes in. But I just like Fleetwood's adaptability at the moment over Hatton on this golf course. Although I think I that Hatton's the better player at the moment. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean. I, it's hard not to like both. I think you can definitely um, play so both. I you could start both, couldn't you, and feel comfortable with that? You could. I mean, absolutely you could. I think, what are they priced? 94, 96? Yeah. yeah. I think Fleetwood would probably be a little more popular because the $200 difference, and then um, he's been just a little more, you know, in the public eye recently. And um, But the thing with Hatton, and, and reason why, you know, years past, he hasn't been as good. I just think this year, the difference is, how well he's hitting it off the tee and yeah it seems like he's just such a uh like for instance his last 10 events he's averaging 2.5 strokes on approach that's what he's gaining i mean sorry off the tee um for his career he's 1.2 so he's doubling that recently um same thing last 10 in approach he's 2.4 for his career he's 1.4 so and he's been putting really well recently too so i, I mean I, I definitely like both um both will be popular for a good reason. I don't think I'm going to play Fowler coming off the, coming off the win. I, um, but there's someone beneath both these guys who I like better than, um, I think better than both of them. So I, I like Fowler and I think there's, there's a reason to go Fowler, Hatton, Fleetwood start. And then if you want to take a shot on the, but in that leads, like I could go into Alex Smalley and a couple of other lovely guys I'll talk about later. Like it can be done. Do you like speed then? Or... I, I do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I... Um, You're going to have to sell me on this because I'm not sure. So I bet Spieth, um, you know, I just think 
he's played great this year without a win. Um, and I think he, you know, is, is the guy who can win when he gets involved, obviously, but 10th year last year, he shot, I think 68 in round one, 66 in round three, 72 in the other two, but he was kind of in the mix on Sunday before, before falling off. Um, so his only time seeing the course finishing 10th, I think is a positive. You look at, you know, a lot of the, the comp courses, um, that I've seen, you know, Burkdale, where uh, uh, obviously he won. You got Chambers Bay, where he won. You have, um, and again, I don't know how good of comps those are. I'm not as, as familiar with the um, European courses, but I, I think everyone's guessing at this point, and that's one of the things I was going to say. Is like I think people are just comping open championship courses, and that's fine. Um, like I comped the Travelers to the Scottish Open, right? Like when the Travelers was around, I used this, and there was crossover, and I think it's just the time of year. And I think Jordan Spieth just comes alive between the John Deere Classic Travelers and the Open Championship. And it's just the same. But I mean, he was third going into the final round last year after Saturday 66. So he was right there. I just I just think that I don't trust him. Oh, yeah. Is is the thing, right? So, like, I think he's got potentially more upside than, well, he has got more upside, I think, than Fleetwood. He's got probably more upside to this week, I think, than Hovland. I'm not sure about Hudson and Fowler. I think they could both have really good weeks. I like Fleetwood as like a safer play, but his like his results like miscut the US Open fifth at the Memorial, miscut a Colonial twenty ninth at PGA, miscut like Wells Fargo. Like it just it bothers me. There's nothing really about his game now that you can hang your hat on. He's had really good two like two really good off the tee weeks at uh, the PGA and the Memorial, but otherwise it's been pretty. No, disappointing there didn't win at the heritage when he had his really good irons and same at phoenix like he's hit the ball really well without results and just worries me coming off of a disappointing week at the us open but he look it's it's an open championship where you can get creative and that's what you're going to hear and that certainly could be a difference yeah i just like it's it's, it's volatile but i like it for that reason yeah um, I don't think he's going to be as popular as these other guys really at all. Uh, there's a lot of question marks and the health one for me is answered in the fact that the, the questions came up with the PGA championship of the wrist and then he missed a cut of the Charles Schwab. So that's when you're concerned, but then to finish fifth at Memorial three on approach 4.3 off the tee. And then I think the red flags for the wrist was how bad he was around the green three in a row. Wells Fargo PGA championship and Charles Schwab. And then he gained three around the green at Memorial. So and then he gained slightly again at the U.S. Open. Nothing too concerning with that performance. I'm, I wasn't high enough at U.S. Open anyway. So I just think uh, it's a kind of a bit of a buy low opportunity. He's pretty cheap too. If we're gonna hang our hat on someone statistically, is Larry the one at the moment? The, I was looking at him, and for me, it's like, how good can he play without having a top ten finish in the entire season? Yeah, I mean, he's had one. Like, he's had one, isn't he? The Honda, he was fifth, right? But yeah, one. That's it. It is ridiculous. Like he's been 12th, 16th, 43rd, 20th, and 19th over his last five starts. But he's gained 1.64 per round, 1.34 per round, 1.5 per round off the approach, and then add it all into off the tee. He's gained in every stroke, every strokes game metric basically every week, and yet can't get a result. Like a, I don't know what it is. Like I don't, I don't get it with him. It feels a little bit like, so like Alex Bjork is a little bit over, the, like over this side of the. Bond, like mm-hmm. he's just churning out results, but not really getting close to winning, and that's what Lauer is doing on a far bigger stage. But this is still a big stage. Like if he was coming back, if it was like the Irish Open, 
and these players weren't all playing, then you'd go, okay, well, Larry goes straight to the top. He'd probably be the second or third in the betting market behind Rory and maybe one other. And you'd probably just take a chance because he's playing so well. But when he's still got to play these same guys that he's not quite getting the results against, I don't really know where you go with him. Like, he doesn't, he hasn't played here either, which I find weird. Thought he, I said this last, who did I say this? Um, was it last week or two weeks ago? But I was listening back to something I said, and I was like, if he really thought he was going to win at this course, why wouldn't he have played it in the past? And yeah. it was JT. At, it was JT at, um, at Travelers. Yeah, I think. Um, but my 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 point was, oh, sorry, JT at Rocket Mortgage when he played like crap. Right. So my point was, yeah, he wants to come here because he wants FedEx Cup points and he wants to, uh, you know, be able to to get to the Tour Championship. But if that course really suited him and he was something he wanted to do in the past, he would have done it. It's not like he just thinks he can never attempt to do something and just turn up and win like that. I don't think that's realistic. And that's maybe there's a reason why Shane doesn't play this course. He doesn't even play this event, really. Like, he, he played it in 2016, the last time he shot 77, 73 to Mr. Cut. He was the 36 hole leader. Oh, no, he was, two, he was second in, after 36 holes in 2015 and then faded away. He was fourth the year before that. But so he's played okay in it when he has played. Like, he was third after round one, finished 31st. He was fourth in his second start. And then he was 31st, but he was second after 36. Then he misses a cut. I guess he just got to a point where he's like, well, it's not the Irish Open, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, still, you'd think you, he would go over and play it. Look at all the guys who are playing on a regular basis. Even when it was not a co-sanctioned event, you still had some big names go over there and play. It just seems kind of strange that he wouldn't. Unless he's just um, that guy that just wants a week off before a major, and then this year he's got to play it because he's not quite guaranteed to be in the events he wants to be in, I guess. Yeah. And maybe because the schedule change where do you play the travelers? No. Yes, he so did. Maybe. Yes, he did. Okay, he was 19. Okay. So I was gonna say maybe he feels like he, he want he needs to get a week of, of preparation in, whereas last year the schedule was different and you can't go three weeks without playing before a major. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know really where to be with him, but like statistically, if you just didn't put his name next to him, you would think he was the one to look at, I think. I, I think he's going to play well. I just don't think he's – I don't know what his ceiling is, but I think his floor is relatively high with his, you know, comfortability on this type of course, uh, type of course, and uh, his statistics recently. So I think he'll play pretty good. If he's really popular, I won't play him. If he's not popular, I will. What about Wyndham? Nine. No. Just feels interesting, though. Like, two wins in his last five starts. People wouldn't have thought he could win the US Open. I know – like he probably isn't going to win three times in six starts, but I was relatively impressed with what he did at the Travelers coming off a U.S. Open win. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be, obviously. Um, I thought, and it's really early, so I don't know, but it seems like he's going to be relatively popular. I think he's just kind of growing as one of those pe- like players that everybody loves. Travelers, yeah, he was um, not bad, but he wasn't good on approach. No, he's bad uh, on approach. Yeah. Bad on approach. Coming off, you know, the, a major victory. I, I mean... <laughs> His, I'm gonna be... his 16th here was a backdoor 16th. Like he yeah. shot 67 on the final day. I think he's more than capable. I just, I guess it's actually a better betting number than it is a DraftKings player. I think. What is the betting number? It was like 50s. Yeah. Um, well, he's not winning, so it could be 100 for all I care. <laughs> but moving on from Wyndham Clark then. Um, <laughs> 8K range. 
top of the thing is Minwoo Lee eight nine, Homer eight eight, Rose eight seven, Sungjae eight six, Tom Kim eight five. I'm just going to bore everyone and just say I'm going with Justin Rose again. Um, have you got any feelings at the top of this bit? Um, I think Rose is going to be really really popular for good reason. It's, it's really difficult to uh, he's striking the hell out of it. Um, Max Homa is a little bit interesting because he did have the irons back at uh at the at the rocket and he played pretty well here last year uh, and i think it, typically i'm going against him because everyone likes him and maybe this week is the opposite is he the type of person that could play really well here and then not everyone gets excited about him for the open championship and he just finishes 47th again in the major that's pretty much exactly the person he is yeah makes sense i mean what was he 1.07 per round in approach last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. Yeah. It's not great, though, is it? Like, it, no, I, that, that's his only stat. I probably won't, but it's it just something I was just thinking about a little bit. Um, but if right now I'm seeing Shane low owned, if that's the case, I'll just play him. But I'm, um, I know we're down in the eights now, but um, he's 80, 89. Yeah. Rose, popular. I don't know if I'll, I'll get there because of that. So I didn't think oh. Rose was going to be that popular because I thought people were just going to be done with him, but. It, it makes sense that he is like he's and there's like low keys and really good stuff behind it that like I've detailed out in articles and stuff and the betting shows I'm not going to go over again but like his form in Scotland's really good like in open championships and stuff so yeah um I like him I don't like Sanjay I don't like Tom Kim so no um and I gotta say this I know people don't love it but I I miss a lot of these live guys I I wish Henrik and Poulter were playing this event I just I think you're missing something without him. I think it's more like, like I would really like to see what Bryson did with his goal balls. I'd really like to see Mickelson around the greens. I'd really like to see Sergio play his golf course. It's it's the ones I still believe Cameron Smith could play really well here. Like there is there's there's a depth to that tour that people won't ever give credit for, and that's fine. Um, yeah. I do miss him a little bit. Like, it does make, because there's just a dramatic drop-off in quality at this point. I would love to play Poulter here at 7,400. That would be just a good time. He's And he's playing pretty well. And I'm sick about Sergio not being in the open. I know people can make fun of me if they want, but I'm... I'm, I'm I, Isn't that, like, I, the I first one he's missed in, like, 23 years or something? First, yeah, I think 25 years, first one he's missed. And he, uh... It's like he's, go, he's, and he's going and playing these qualifiers. It's not like he's saying he's too good like a lot of these other guys is. You want to criticize Westy for not... I mean, he's old, so I'm not going to use him. I think that's a that dumb excuse, too. But you want to criticize uh, Charles for not showing up to the qualifier and these other guys? Sure. But Sergio's going to these qualifiers, trying to make his way in. He did it for the U.S. Open. And for this one, he wanted to be in. He wants to be there. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's a European Tour legend. Like, he should be at, He should be playing in the Open. I know he didn't qualify, so he can't be, but... So I think, it's, I think the thing with him is, like, he just went to big on his remarks and people have just people just can't forgive him now and i think sometimes you just got to think like sergio was always a little bit of a dick like comments yeah. wise and like it's nothing new it's not because he's now on live like he's just always been a little bit unhinged and if you were okay with that back then i mean look there's, there's some things he said that are not okay like he's pin, like he's made very short remarks and things like that like there's things he can't say but He's always just been a little bit eccentric and a little bit aggressive and, and in the wrong multiple times, but people have forgiven it, forgiven it, forgiven it because it's Sergio Garcia and he's this legend. And now they won't. And it's just easier not to now. But 
you will miss him not being at the Open Championship. Of course you will. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't necessarily worry too much about it, but it does, when you get down to these kind of ranges, you think, you know, you're talking about... Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if, if Sergio was 7,400 instead of Jordan Smith? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 8Ks we've still got to do. Like, Burns, JT, Aberg, Scott, Connors... Uh, I love Scott. I love Scott. I I think he's going to, um, and I, I know I said, I don't want to bet guys two weeks in a row, but I'll probably be betting him this week and next week. I think he's going to be involved in one of them. I think these type of events and these type of tracks are places where older players can compete. So I think if there's anywhere he can go and win, it might be, it might be something like this. He's strung some good finishes together recently, despite not the stats not being the best. Um, I can just picture him being in the mix here. There's a gut thing. Well, not play the golf course. I don't really know why. Um, but he gained in all four categories at the Travelers. He was poor of his irons at the Memorial and the US Open, despite finishing top 10 at the Memorial. But he was really good with his drive, really good with his putter. I mean, he's he's been great with his putter. And if he can tally out the, t- the putter and the approach, then great. I don't get why he hasn't played this event. Yeah. Um, another thing, too, I... These Aussies have been playing really good in, in England. And um, I know you saw Cam win last week in London. I know a lot of people yeah. don't care about that. But um, the at the Open, back at uh, at Hoylake in 2014, you had both Scott and Leesman in the top five. Well, Scott, uh, like, Scott nearly won at um, Lytham. Like, yep. it's Ernie Els, right, when he had that breakdown there. And he was, like, fourth going into the final round of Travellers. He was right there. It's... It felt like he was in that group at the start of the year. It was like him, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day. That you wanted this kind of redemption. Then you realise it hasn't actually been that long since he won. Like he won twice in twenty, like the twenty twenty season. He won the Australian PGA and the Genesis. So like he probably took himself out of that category a little bit. But like he had like back to back top five finishes in the playoffs last year. Like he had a lot of top tens that people don't really think about. And then it's been a bit of a lull this season. But recently fifth, eighth, twenty ninth, ninth, missed cut, nineteenth. I just want to see those irons a little bit better for him. I do too. I do too. But I think he's priced fairly though, eight one. Yeah, and these events over here, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I just think you can get away with winning these without having like you nine strokes and approach. You gaining like the, the people that gain nine strokes and approach are the people that never make any putts, and then you just go, yeah. oh, I'm in for them next week, and then eventually they do something. But like, yeah, there's like people that are gaining on a stroke, like John Smith, like. Typically lead the field in approach quite a lot, and then just do nothing with it. Like it's, but you're now having the PGA Tour fields come over. So does it do the same as it does in America? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm playing a lot of Scott to say the least. Anything on JT is cheap at eight three. Oh man, I don't. I mean, I haven't taken the bait on him, so I'm not, you know, like as stressed about it as I, other people. Like, are. I haven't, and that's what that's why I wonder whether it's time to do it. Yeah, same, same. Like, I've consistently said, no, I'm not doing it. And then he gains, like, almost two shots per round on approach at the Travellers. And then it's because he was so bad around the greens at the Rocket Mortgage that he missed the car. I just, I don't know. Like, he feels like a gut feel thing that, like, if he's going to come back, he's going to do it in this two-week stretch and really, like, cement his Ryder Cup spot. And I don't know. Like, wouldn't it make sense? That's what I said earlier, actually, and I and the counterpoint that I received that I thought was really good was, um, do guys just suck the entire season and go and win the Open? 
it seems it seems unlikely like if his no no so i don't think he's gonna win the open but like i could see yeah. him just going like 10th 8th yeah i could and i, then, know, I could see that. and then everyone going oh jt's back and then he wins a playoff event and then it was like everything's forgotten for the last six months i could see that for sure he likes his course too yeah that, that's that's i just he does strike me you know again it's just the he's beast buddy narrative but like strikes me that he gets into these sort of things him fowler and speed have been over at Wimbledon the last week whatever i assume they've been playing some golf early like i don't i don't know like he's got to figure it out so it's got to be some point um what about connor's eight flat i love connor's he's my first bet i bet him at 75 on FanDuel, even though they fucking limited me to bet peanuts on it um why why connor's like what Miscut 61st and two starts here. I don't necessarily know that he's done anything in an open, has he? Yes, he's 15 and 22nd his last two. Okay. Um, but but yeah, I get your point. With the um, this course, he hasn't done it. But I don't know if I care that much about that. I think the slow green should help his putting. He gained 6.7 on approach at the Travelers, which I like a lot. Um, I can just picture him playing well here, and I, I think his soft golf course should help him a lot a little bit too. He's been getting progressively better with his irons every week, the last three, yeah. which is, you know, just what you want to see from Corey Connors. I mean, he spiked and won the Valero, but he wasn't trending in the same way that he is now with his irons, so it's actually more encouraging. And he's actually gained off the tree in, off the tree, off the tee in like what, like twelve straight events? I mean, I'm not gonna count them, I'm visually just guessing here, but ten events, straight mm-hmm. events. And he's actually only lost strokes on the off the tee in one event this season. That was the yeah, players, he, which he I guess was water. Yeah, fourth and approach at Travelers. I just don't see it. But yeah, yeah, I, prefer, it. I prefer Scott. I prefer definitely prefer Scott. Um, seven nine and seven eight is Smalley and Rye. They're both going to be popular, and I think both for good reason. Yeah, I prefer Smalley of the two. I mean, just his ball striking's been insane. It's, it's, it's impossible to like like overlook how good he's been with the, the approach and he was 150 to one when i woke up this morning and i bet it uh he's now 66 to one but he was like 10th here last year and sixth going into the final round and he's just he's just playing so well like i said earlier like he finished tied second and but he shot four under on the day it was just set point nuclear like i, I was actually pretty impressed with what he did and i mean he bogeyed the, at the real wrong time but He's still new to it. I I really like his iron play, but I like Rye. I like Rye. He's won the, one of the golf course. I love how consistent he's been on the PGA Tour. He's playing in these sort of fields week in week out now, um, so he should be comfortable with this. So seven eight and seven nine. I like both of those. Then you've got to kind of you've probably got to use this range to get a little bit different. I think. Yeah, I like Herbert. Um, I don't think he's getting the buzz that the other two guys are getting. Oh, I he think is. he will get it. I think he'll get a late surge of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he. You look at his course form is obviously incredible. Yeah. Uh, um. And he, he was the one that I and I've made this point everywhere. So people can get bored hearing it now. But like, this is the first time they've not played the Irish Open the week before the Scottish Open, and I just wonder whether that's going to affect him because he plays well in the Irish Open, and he yeah. just whether he needs that links warm up. I mean, he probably doesn't. Like, he can do it just off a good week at the Travellers, but he's Another certainly... Australian in in England here. Yeah. In he's Scotland. He's course. Like, yeah. I do get it. Rasmus Oigard won last week. Um, did he? Yeah. I didn't even know that. 
Yeah, he won in a six-hole playoff with Nacho Elvira. Wow. Shot a final round 65 to even get in there. Um, and he was 10th here last year, tied 10th. Final round 64, sorry. Yeah, in 10th last year. So he's going to be he's gonna be one to look at, I think. I think so, too, because I don't think anyone is – I mean, you can tell. I just didn't even realize it. Um, but I, can, I don't think he's getting as much buzz as these other guys. I mean, look, I think – they're going to take ownership away from each other. You can't play Rye, Smalley, Rasmus, and um, Lucas, you know? I would just pick the two lowest owned of the four because I think and they're much of a muchness. It's going to be Rasmus and Herbert, in my opinion. I really like Smalley. Like, I think if I was to pick one, but like, no no ownership, nothing, like, I'd pick Smalley just because of the approach play, but... In terms of odds, ownership, and everything like that, like I would just take the one that gives the best value. I think because I think they're all all capable of doing the same thing. Isn't Rasmus the type where he, once he gets hot, he can kind of string some finishes together? Yeah, I mean, look, he finished third at the KLM, um, losing two strokes per round off the tee, which is ridiculous. He actually lost 1.18 strokes off the tee per round last week as well. His driver is bad. Um, which is a slight concern, but I think you get away with that a little bit on this type of golf course. Um, yeah, to your point, like he was third at the Kazoo Classic, then one in Crans uh, in 2021. In 2020, he went second, sixth, third win. Yeah. Sixth, sixth miscut, second, sixth, third win. Um, but he's also the type that can just win out of nowhere as well. So it's, uh, I don't really know. He's, he's playing better than probably getting given credit for just because he keeps, I think he's injured. I think there's an injury there with his, he must be something because of his driver. Um, but he, you can't win being completely injured, so he must be okay. Yeah, and, go, and after that, um, Fox seems popular in the early returns, but I like Seamus Power coming off a good performance last week. Is it just a bit of a like flash in the pan? Could be, yeah. That's, that would be my only concern. I mean, what did he do here? Has he played here? No. No, he hasn't. Um, which doesn't surprise me because he never really bothered playing DP World Tour until he needed to for the Ryder Cup. He's never played this event, so it's hard to really know what he's going to do. I think he's, I think he's got you know the upside based on the strong week last week. We've seen so many players. I think it's you've had to finish second, second, first, and seventeenth of the four results of the winners the week before they won here or to start before they won here. So Xander won after winning the Travelers. Herbert and Rye won after being second to the Irish Open, and Minwoodley was 17th for the Irish Open, then won. So I think you do have to be in hot form um, to win here. Mm-hmm. So Power's done that, right? I think it's it's just how did he do it? Um, he was top 10 in approach, wasn't he? Yeah, he gained, I think, five or six strokes in approach. And I... And he could be a pivot. Is you know I, I, th- I don't think he's going to be really unpopular, but there's just so many guys here people are liking to, Fox seems popular. Do you see a reason for that? Uh, no, I don't get it. I think people just like links. He's got a bit of links pedigree. He plays well in Scotland, but he doesn't play well at this golf course, which is ultimately quite important. Like, there's no point in just being good at links golf if you're not good at this particular one. Like he's miscut, miscut 44, 47 here. Mm-hmm. So, I if he's gonna be a popular, why? Like if he was not popular because of his you know, mediocre course form, then I go, you know what, he's really good at links golf and you can get him in, but why do it when he's popular and actually not good here? Like I don't I don't really get Fox. 
Dietrich plays really well here, but was he in better form when he when he was? Yeah, like he's not he's not that same player. Um, yeah. What about Woodland? I I did look at Woodland. Um, I, I'm starting to look at him now, thinking I might want to bet him as well. Like yeah, he was the he was second after 36 holes last year, ninth after 54, finished 30. And I'm just looking at his numbers. He's gaining on approaching like. Seven of his last eight starts, he's gained off the tee all season, which he always does. Um, he gained very, very marginally off on the green last week or last start. The results are not that encouraging, but the the ball striking is. Yeah, I mean that's but that's the story all year. It's like yeah, everyone wants to go to him all year because his stats are so good and they're unbelievable. They really are. Like his stats are incredible. If you look at his if you look at his stats in total, besides the putting, which is absolutely horrific. You'd think he's a top 15 player on tour this season, but he can't crack a top 10. He has one top 10 at the Genesis, but after that miscut 54th, 45th, like 31st, 39th miss. And there every one of those weeks, his stats are awesome. That's why he's just so tough to figure out. Just feels like one of those ones where like he has those, he's quite creative, isn't he? And he hits those kind of stingers and it just feels like everyone's going to get off of him because it's in Scotland. I, if he was low owned, I think at seven six, he's a great play, especially around the D tree fox mark. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see it. I can definitely see it. Um, hasn't Harmon been pretty good here? Yeah, that's the next one I was going to ask a question about. Harmon. No, he it? hasn't. He hasn't. But he's playing better now than he ever has. Uh, yeah. Coming into it, maybe. Has he not played here? Or has he played badly? He's played once and missed the cut last year. So, like, I don't think he was playing great last year, was he? Um, let's see. Yeah, his stats right now are actually really, really good. Um, let's. So coming into it last year, he finished eighth at the Travelers. Okay. So it's not and like he was six, out of form then. And then sixth at the Open. That's what I mean. So he went eighth, missed cut sixth. Mm-hmm. He lost over three strokes per round on his putting here last year. Okay, that could be part of it. Then his then his missed cut. I mean, he wasn't good with his irons either, but his irons weren't as good as they are now. He's interesting. I agree that he is. He's playing really, really well, and he's less sexy of a pick than the people want. People want to get cute and play the the rise and the um, not that it's that cute. The Hogarth and the Herberts, like these guys with European Tour form. That's that. That's what it is, and he but isn't one of those guys. Doesn't Harmon feel like the Cameron Tringali, who 36-hole lead last year and then finished sixth, Brandon Wu, Ryan Palmer, Doug Gim type pick? He does. Yes, he does. I, I, I like Harmon. So I like Harmon and Woodland. Yep. So that's interesting. And that's probably me done in that range then, because Kitty Armour's too volatile. Like, there's some good upside, but not for me. You've got Putnam, who loves his course. Well, this is the thing. So Putnam is, what was he, fourth in his debut here? Yep. So I like Putnam and Bjork is the one in this range that is the DP World Tour guy that people are going to go to. He's he's made seven top tens this season, four in a row. Um, he's shot two rounds of 63 here in the past. He's been inside the top ten going into Sunday in each of the last two years. He is so good and he's so consistent. And if you look at his like profile on data golf and how well he's hitting the ball right now, it's it's insane. On one approach, anyway, he's terrible off the tee, and that's his problem. But just look at just tie in Bjork on Data Golf and look at his passing and his approach numbers. It is utterly ridiculous. 
Um, and you just don't. The trouble with him is you're not seeing him make cuts in like major championships because he doesn't play in them. Yeah. So you don't. And this is, you know, actually, I think the ones he has, I don't know if he's ever made a cut in a major championship. Fucking shit. Um. So that would potentially be the concern if you're looking at it as like a major field. But he was inside the top ten here last year, got into the final day and just played like crap. It's tough to trust him, I think. Um, it's hard. It's definitely hard to trust him, but I think he's the upside player at seven three. I, I think yeah. he, I think he can top ten because he has done in his last four ends seven times a season. How old is he? Uh, like early thirties, I think. Okay. Um, like he's he's old enough that he should have done better now based on like who he is, but he's not like people will consider him young. He's thirty three, so he's not young. Okay. Um, he's played in four opens and missed cut every single one, and played two PJs and missed cut both of them. So that's who he is in terms of upside. But I just I just have a nagging feeling that he can finish inside the top eight, ten here the way he's yeah. playing. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I like it. Uh, I, I was looking at Norin, who start, is starting to play better. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ben Coley picked him. Ryan Barroff picked him on our media, uh, media show earlier today um he's been just so hard to he's trust. not gonna win I, I don't think that's the case but he's, just, but he's gained approach the last two isn't he like zero yeah. per round at us open 1.10 per round um at the really good and, and putted well which is important um great in scotland is is the ultimate thing with norren um yes yeah. great at this golf the 30th last year was his first start i think Mm-hmm, he's, he's a winner of the Scottish Open in the past. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's either won the Dunhill Links or at least been in contention. Um, so, yeah, I, and we know his Open Championship record is pretty strong. If he can get hot, get one of those space, like if he can get one of those places in the top three and get that Open Championship spot, I don't know if he's already, he's not already in, right? So, like, if he gets that, he's going to be like that 7 2 guy that's. Way over owned and misses cut. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, he's won in Wales. He's won the Scottish Open. He's not won the Dunhill Links, but he's definitely been in contention. He's won in Wentworth in England. Like, won the British Masters. He loves playing in the UK. Yeah, he's going to be popular too. What about what about Thunder Bear? Yeah. Uh, I was really high on him earlier in the season. And I think I've gone off of him. Like, I think the bubble was just burst for him. Uh, what's he done here? 30th last year. I think it's the only time he played it. Fifth, no, he's missed cut 54th in the two starts before that. But he had a second round okay. 66 in the 54th. I just think he's tailed off a bit. Would be my overriding feeling on him. Yeah. I he was 15 for the British Masters, but like that wasn't that good. Cut last week. Yeah, cut last week. And he's just he's just lost an approach on four straight, and it's getting, you know, bad. I just, yeah, yeah. I think, I think he's done. I think he's just done what he was going to do for the season. He's burnt out a bit. Um, Smith, like you asked me about Smith. What about him? Stats look good. That's all. I mean, um, my model, which is definitely has a lot of deficiencies this week with the lack of European Tour star- stars, but he, he was really high up there. So he was 24th here last year, but he was third going into the final round, and he was 36th two years before that, and he's missed cut either side. 
look, it's Jordan Smith. He's going to pop in models because he's a great iron player and he's good off the tee, but the the it factor isn't there. So if you're looking for like a sneaky win pick, it's not him. But if you're looking for someone that can definitely top 15, top 20, which is all you need at 7-2, then go right out there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll probably play between him and Norn, who's ever more popular right now. It's looking like Norn. I think I'd rather play Smith. Um I I want to look at Garrett Higo. Well, yeah, he was great last week, right? So he's losing. He's lost an approach in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 twelve straight events. That's pretty good. <laughs> but he's gaining off the tee all the time. And is it Sean Foley? He's working. He's, he's working with someone quite big. I'm pretty sure I saw last week it was either Sean Foley or someone of that ilk basically said they're not going to change his swing. They're just going to do something. Like it was a really technical term. Yeah, it was Sean Foley. So I quite like that. I quite mm-hmm. like the fact that he's playing with Sean Foley. I like the fact that I'm sure he's played well in this kind of area before. Um, I think he could be interesting. Yeah. It makes some sense. Um, what did he do? What did he do last week? Why was he so good? Let's see. He wasn't that good. He was just great off the tee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is yeah. pretty standard for him. Um, yeah. I, I just it's just one of those ones where I just I noticed that Sean Foley had put something out about him. And I was like, whenever I see someone like that go to a coach of that ilk, I always think that these people must be like, why would Sean Foley waste his time on someone that he thought was shit? Like. And I'm sure he probably does, but he doesn't video them on Instagram. So I obviously think there's something about him that, that people really like. Um, and we know he can what about, what about um, like Yannick, Yannick Paul? And this is my whole thing here. Is, and I know he's going to be in on points. Yeah, but he's, well, he's not. He'll lose out, but that's what he's but in. Why, yeah, well, I mean, a DP World Tour player in a co-sanctioned event, if you're 7,100 out of everyone that could play on both teams that doesn't even include um rom and these other guys like you shouldn't be on the Ryder cup team no and he won't be in the end but i don't know what to make about him i, I still don't feel like we've had enough of a sample size to know what he's really great at like he's he kind of burst on the scene as a dp world tour player and people look at him and he goes to like 40 to 1 now and people him and I understand it because he's he's paid off right but I don't know that we've got anything to suggest he's great at links golf yet yeah no, not interested I guess the long long way of saying Rory pick up the phone make the call <laughs> you're you already you already uh made amends it's time to get Sergio on the Ryder Cup team Sergio's time um Matt Jordan, Adrian Otegi are interesting down on the 7Ks if you're looking for DVR Tour guys. I think it's the 6Ks now we've got to get interested in. Daniel yeah, Hillier. Otegi hasn't been playing well lately, so I, I went by there. No. Daniel Hillier at 6'9 is my one. Um, the guy's finished third and first his last three events, the last two events. He had a third as well, third or a fifth as well. Um, he's just a really high upside player who's played well. In Lynx Golf, he's played well in Australia where Mimu Lee and Ryan Fox were first and second. That should tell you everything you need to know about him. And I think he's too expensive, which is going to put people off. And he just won the British Masters, right? 
Yeah. And he won it by like finishing like birdie eagle, eagle birdie or whatever, like eagle birdie eagle. Like it was, it was a ridiculous stretch of three holes, but, and you can't replicate that, but he's been awesome. Like fifth at the KLM Open, third at the BMW International and a win in his last four starts. 12th in New Zealand Open earlier in the season, the 23rd of the ISPS Handed Championship. Uh, I just think he can make a cut and well, I actually think he can be in like the top 20 I think he's that high upside player like buddies with Minmoo Lee I think they're both kind of of the same sort of ilk um, so I think he's interested in 6-9 because I think he's too expensive yeah I could definitely play him that makes a lot of sense I mean the results speak for themselves I have a question for everybody where are all you Taylor Montgomery guys <laughs> who are betting him at, at 22 to 1 and 20 to 1 and he's going to be this next great player even though uh he's a 30 year old journeyman but he's 6800 in this field next to lee hodges um really close to let's see who else um daniel hiller's more expensive like you just said eddie pep 6800 he's been dead for like three years and montgomery's cheaper than all of them yeah um no he's not good to see it's not aged very well the, the montgomery i was in on it so I have to take it a little no, bit. No, but you were out. You were out a little bit. At I remember. I was out. I was out quick hard. enough in the end, but like I was in there at the start. I just, yeah, these things that this is how quickly people can go off. Like Mackenzie Hughes looked like he was a massive improving player, and then he's died off. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And but I think that's weird support. I think that's him trying to control distance. Maybe I don't know. Um, Matthew Southgate's good at Lynx golf. I told people not to just pick people because they're good at Lynx golf, but he's one that you typically do go for for that type of thing. Like he is, that is de facto what he does. And as simple as that, he's been 14th and 15th in strokes going T's green, his last two made cuts. Um, and Didn't we do this last year though? Probably. I think everyone said this last year about this Lynx golf and he goes and he missed the cut. Yeah, ninth and twenty sixth in the two starts in between missed cuts here. So he's been good. Yep. Um, I don't think he's playing as well as he was um, probably even last year. But he finished tenth last week, which just made me kind of think about him. It's a really tough six k week because you've got guys down here that you know are good enough to contend in DP World Tour events like Calais Samoya six five. Um, Tom McKibben's won this season six four. What about Pablo? I, yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ross finished. Ross Fisher finished eighth last week, right? And he's been fourth in strokes gain approach his last two starts. And I'm pretty sure he played well here last year. Like it might have been like a thirtieth, but he was higher place than that. I'm just gonna find him on my really long list where my eyes get tested every single time. I could just control F this, couldn't I? Be more efficient. I like Ross. I mean, just because he's one of the guys I know who's a good ball striker. 15th two years ago, and he finished 68, 68, 66 at this golf course. Yeah. So he is 6-3. I think when I was talking about earlier about you could start with those three high nine players, I think he's the guy that can let you do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Callum Tarrant, has he played here? Mm, I think he played last year. Uh, yeah, missed the cut. He, he, but he's, he's a better more. player than the fat now. And he's going. He's one of the most popular players on the entire slate last weekend. Now he's 60, <laughs> 6,400. Yeah. 
which is weird because you'd think there'd be this narrative that he's going to be good in the UK because he's from the UK. Yeah, that's it's. I mean, I don't maybe go back to that like the that situation where everyone gets burned and the week later this one is when it happens. Uh, Molinari, he's still dead. Yeah, I don't like Molinari. Um, cool, we're gonna, we've got some journeymen here. Jamie Don has made his last two cuts. He finished 29th and 39th. He was second after round one in his last start. 9th, 65th and 6th in three starts here. Okay. Are we... Are we going to get that dangerous with someone? Like, I think you have to this week. Like, he was third, first and 22nd in his last two starts in strokes gain approach and 18th and 32nd tee to green. So he's he's playing well enough by DP World Tour standards, but probably not enough to really factor in here. But you would have said that last year and he was inside the top 10. So Lean yeah. Golf's weird. Like he might just be around the top 10, 15 on the final day and that wind comes on Sunday and he sticks around and others can't right yeah i can see that i mean how about dodo he not that not that molinari the other one who older yeah. brother who who has finished 34 56 18th missed a cut last year but has been pretty good before that yeah he's playing better now um i feel like his focus is going to be looking at Ryder cup players though like he's an assistant yeah Ryder cup team so he will I, i'm guessing he him and donald are going to be paired with one of like aberg and Striker and people like that. Um, I mean, Striker, Striker's not Striker's not playing, is he? But power, maybe I guess. Um, we kind of skipped Aber. Do you like him this week? No. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't want to do it. Like too much pressure. Yeah. Like people, Luke Donald will be desperate for him to play well this week because they want any reason to pick this guy. And I get it. Like you should, but like. Um, yeah, no, too much pressure. If he does well, then that says a lot about him, I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I mean, we, yeah, we've, I think we've given some we're, pretty good. Yeah, we're, we've exhausted this list. Like, I'm looking at players that I definitely don't want to look at. So, Ross Fisher and Jamie Donaldson are two at six three. That if you're really desperate, and six four that I'd consider. How Tong is six K flat. Yeah, How Tong is also literally like. We say players are dead, like he is like legitimately like someone could be playing in his body and he is like for all intents and purposes dead because he is broken as a golfer. And I know he come back and won when he was like that, but it's just a sea of red. I mean, actually he gained on approach and the pastor about the British Masters, but he lost 3.9, 3.19 per round off the tee. So yeah, basically, he, he's like us off the tee, but okay, everything else? Yeah, golf's a fickle, fickle bitch. Well, he was like 36 holiday at the PJ Championship, wasn't he? Not so long yeah, yeah. Then, then spent out, six hours on the range. Yeah. Um, look, let's, let's wrap it up, Matt, because this is, this is a long tournament that I think ultimately you can make all these great picks and then the weather can come in and you're fucked anyway. So... I get a little bit despondent about tournaments like this, even though I enjoy them. Um, are we both in agreement that you've got to find ways to play Scheffler this week? Yes. So Scheffler 11-6 is going to be our number one pick there. I'm going to take Fleetwood in a nines. Are you taking Hatton? I'm taking Spieth. Okay. Definitely? Definitely, yeah. Cool. Um Look, I love Rose, 8-7. That's going to be popular. So 
I don't think there's really a good pivot point for him though, is there? Because like Minwoo Lee's gonna be popular and I don't particularly trust Homer. No, I mean the pivot would be if you want to play Burns, Sungjae, um, JT. But I'm, I, yeah, no, there's no real pivot. What is Sungjae? Has Sungjae played this course? Sungjae. He has, hasn't he? he Sungjae missed the cut missed last cut. year. Yeah. He is playing slightly better though again, isn't he? Yeah, I guess. Um, Being slightly better meaning he's not missing cuts now. Yeah. Twenty ninth and twenty fourth last two weeks. Putter centric though. Um, exactly. No, forget that. I'll just stick to Rose eight seven. Uh, I would go Adam Scott. Cool. Seven uh, K. I love Alex Smalley, but I think some lower um, owned guys in Brian Harmon and Gary Woodland are going to help you uh, build some lineups this week. Yeah, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Lucas Herbert. Yeah. Cool. Do you want anyone from the lower range, like Bjork seven three, anyone like that kind of range? Um, I'm probably gonna play some Smith. Uh, Norn, I, I'm a little worried he's gonna get crazy popular. If nobody plays Andrew Putnam, I might play him because he is the course. Yes, and, Putnam is yeah. a good one. Like I, I do like Putnam, and he's been playing well this season. Yeah. Uh, I love Daniel Hillier at six nine. I think he's got a great pedigree for links golf playing well and I think he's too expensive at six nine so that should all factor in some low ownership on him and then I think you can go down to Bross Fisher and Jamie Donaldson. I'm in uh I'm in on those guys. I'll take your word for it. I like Hillier. I think the case is good. And then Fisher I just know he's a ball striker so I think he can hang around if the weather gets tough and yeah. Cool. I think that's it Matt. I think that's enough for the Scottish Open. We will be back for the open championship. I'm not sure if we'll do Sunday or Monday yet, but we'll confirm via Twitter later on in the week, whatever suits both our schedules. I guess the pricing will be out on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, I love the Sundays for the major ones. I think we get we get more time to kind of dive in. Let's do that. Let's just stick okay. to Sunday then. We'll figure that out uh, Sunday evening. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That means I can... I think the good thing about that is that you, you get a good early look and it sets itself up, both of us, for a really good positive week at the majors on Monday, Tuesday. Um, and we can always just sort of say that there's going to be some ownership changes and to keep track of them, but give enough alternative options either way. So let's stick to that process. I like that. So I look mm-hmm. forward to doing two this week in, in one week. Mm-hmm.